Every month, we offer exciting new webinars for our community. Topics include how to use retirement accounts to buy real estate overseas, how to get a second passport in Latin America, why you should sell your stock portfolio and move your money offshore, how to buy beachfront rental properties in Brazil for less than $100,000, or apartments in Paraguay for less than $60,000. If you want to join us for free for these presentations with live Q&A, insider secrets, and exclusive opportunities with my professional network of experts, then go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for free upcoming presentations. expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. We all dream of seeing the world, but the realities of living somewhere outside your place of birth can be daunting to say the least. Welcome to the Expat Money Show, helping you make the most out of your overseas career through conversations with successful expats on investing, entrepreneurship, self-improvement, and continual education, all while sharpening your financial acumen. Now, please welcome your host with over 20 years of overseas experience, Mikkel Thorup. Hey everyone, Mikkel here. So I have an ask for you today. If you're enjoying this podcast, what I want you to do is go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. If you want to leave us a five-star review, even better. If not, tell us why. We are really doing our best to make this show the absolute best it can be to help as many people to go offshore and inspire entrepreneurs and investors and business owners to move their businesses abroad. There's so much to be had in this industry. I love doing this work and I love doing this podcast, but we want to get the message out there to more people. And the best way to do that is with reviews. So if you have ever gotten one good tip, one good thing from this show, if you enjoy listening to us every single Wednesday or whenever you listen during the week, then please take 30 seconds out of your day, go out there, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It actually makes a big difference for the show, for the visibility, and really helps get the word out there. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much, everyone, for your support, and enjoy today's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is the Expat Money Show. My name is Mikkel Thorpe, and today's guest will help you get ready for the booming Hispanic market. She's a top-rated voiceover talent, international speaker, and Hispanic marketing consultant and author. She has worked with notable brands such as McDonald's, Toyota, Marriott, and Walt Disney. Please welcome to the show, Nidia Maneras. Nidia, how are you? Hi, Mikel. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be in your show. My pleasure, my pleasure. So, Nidia, why don't you take a couple minutes and talk to us a little bit about your story and how you got into the industry of helping businesses get ready for the Hispanic market? Well, let me start since the very beginning. I'm 100% Mexican. I was born and raised in Mexico. I went to university there. I have a degree in communications and public relations, but I always was in sales and client relationships and helping the marketing department and things like that. So I have a corporate background. I was in financial services. Now I said that I was 14 years in the wrong business because I was in the corporate world. I mean, it was great. It was fun. I did learn a lot, but I always had this entrepreneurial gene within me. Anyway, so I was working for a financial company. I started working in Mexico for Citibank. Mexico. Then I went to another financial company that is called, it's a Dutch company, ING in Mexico. And because of working with ING in Mexico, one day my boss said, 
everybody who is bilingual, please bring me your resume because they are doing a international recruitment among Latin America for an opportunity in ING USA. And I had experiences uh, before that living in, in America. At first, I was living in Texas for a year when I wanted to learn English. I was working with a, an American family as a nanny and then going to, to the college in the afternoon, taking English classes. Then right after my graduation of the university, I worked for Walt Disney World for a year at Epcot Center. It's one of the theme parks in Orlando, Florida. And by the way, it was an amazing experience. Highly, highly recommended. And because of that, I always feel like I wanted to, to come back to America, you know, to work in, a, in the corporate world. So when I heard about this opportunity, I, you know, submit my resume and long story Super short, I was one of the lucky ones that was recruited to work on this initiative with ING USA to reach them, the Hispanic market. So there was a team of, uh, they recruit a, a guy from Chile, another one from Colombia, and there was another lady and myself from Mexico. So I was relocated from Mexico to Florida with with my husband and my kids and I started the corporate ladder in America, which was an extremely intense experience. It was a lot of learning. Working in the corporate world in Mexico was quite different to corporate America. First of all, I had to get a license, a Series 6 license. Whoever has been in the financial services and insurance, they know how hard it is to get this license. And so I, I had a, a tough learning curve at the beginning. It was very intense, you know, relocating, getting used to the corporate American world and studying and, you know, getting prepared to get this serious. It was a tough experience, but I did learn a lot. So I was working in this corporate America where I was learning a lot. It was very challenging at the beginning. And almost two years after that, once I was feeling that I was kind of finally mastering my position as a multicultural sales manager for the Hispanic community in Florida, the company went to an IPO. I mean, I'm talking about ING USA, an IPO, initial public offer, and the whole multicultural team, along with many, many other people, got laid off. It was very shocking for me. I didn't expect it at all. I mean, especially, you know, there was a international moving behind. And, you know, after two years, they say, thank you very much. This is it. <laughs> oh, my God. It was, was very unexpected. And after a long process of, you know, like reflecting on it and deciding what I wanted to do beyond that, I didn't feel like going back to the corporate world again. So I decided to do what I always wanted to do. There is, I'm passionate about like marketing and sales, but I also always wanted to do acting and voiceover stuff. I really, really enjoy talking behind a microphone and talking in front of an audience. So, you know, I said, this is it. I got to the point where I said, whatever I'm doing now, I want to do it because I really want to enjoy it, regardless of the money. You know, it was nice to have a, a paycheck every two weeks, but, but I wasn't truly happy. 
So I had this conversation with my husband, who, by the way, is very supportive. And and that was it. I started to take uh, acting classes and voiceover coaching. And I started, you know, knocking doors and asking for opportunities in the acting side and the voiceover side. But along with that, I complemented with my background of marketing and sales and knowing all what I knew about the Hispanic market, I started to to advise my clients also on the consulting side. So that's kind of like a super short version of all these years since I moved to the United States in 2009. So how did you get started, though, on wanting to help people to revolutionize their business and get ready for this Hispanic market? That's a great question. As I said, I started doing acting and voiceovers in Spanish, of course, to for the Hispanic market. But I started to realize at the beginning that the, I was having these scripts. And this is like, I mean, they're supposed to have these professionally translated scripts. And I was constantly checking or finding errors in the translation. And then, so I was like, you know, suggesting my clients, you know what, I know what you meant with this message and we should change this word for this one or that word for that one. It's gonna sound, sounds better. It's gonna resonate better with your audience. And so, and then the, the majority of the clients were very receptive to my suggestions and they were, you know, accepting those changes. And so eventually I was starting to, to do these corrections and I started to offer translation services as well because of the, the issue that I was facing with these scripts. So my, my business was organically growing from doing Spanish voiceovers to then offering Spanish voiceovers and creative translations. What I mean by creative translation is just like short format. I don't translate these huge books or trainings, but short format of translation, I, I was helping them with that. And then I was also advising them with the right approach and the, the right message. And along with all that, as I said, I'm passionate about sales and marketing. And I started to learn a lot about marketing. I mean, I knew, I knew some marketing stuff already because of my background in Mexico, but when I moved, because by the way, I'm no longer in Florida. I moved from, from Florida to Chicago in 2014. When I moved from Florida to Chicago, I started to explore new authors. I, I love to read, so I started to, to explore new authors. And I found a guy who inspired me a lot to continue reading his book and well, this guy is Dan Kennedy, so I knew about this membership and I, jo I joined this marketing uh, association that he leads. And I started to learn a lot. A lot of the stuff was making a lot of sense for me. So I started to implement that stuff, not only in my business, but in my clients' business. And that's how I ended up giving a leap of faith to, to expand my business, not just with the voiceover and the translation and the, uh, the consultation, if you will, a little bit, to do it in a formal way. And that's how I opened my other division, if you will, of 
Hispanic marketing solutions, where I basically helped them to bridge the gap with the Hispanic market in language and in culture, which is very important if you really want to target the Hispanic market effectively, mainly in the USA. Well, because I think that's very interesting. You can find translation services all over the world, and that is one thing. But that's not exactly what you do. You actually do more of a cultural translation. So you might actually change some of the copy and change some of the words, keeping to the original theme, but making it so it connects with the Hispanic market. And that's what I think is something unique that is different about your services. Absolutely. And and I guess the reason, that's part of the value that I feel I bring to the table. It's not just the knowledge of marketing or the, the knowledge of my native language, which is Spanish, but because I'm 100% Latina. You know, I was born and raised in Mexico. So I've been doing... Hispanic marketing, basically my my whole professional life, but also I understand the behaviors, the hot buttons, if you will, of the Hispanic community here in the USA. So somehow I can see it from the perspective of being Latino, born and raised in Mexico, but also living in the United States in quite a few years now. And and that's kind of the, the value that I I feel that I bring to the table and plus implementing direct marketing, which is different than the regular traditional marketing is way more effective, is very results oriented. And at the end of the day, I guess that's what the majority of people cares the most, you know? Okay. It's like, I want to go ahead and maybe start with to work with you or there is, you know, there is a commitment, there is an investment, but always a focus on getting the results for my clients. That makes perfect sense. And like David Ogilvie says, only these direct response marketers really know what's going on. Exactly. You know, we, we live in a world where like branding and social media and the logo and everything needs to look super nice and pretty and it's, it's very competitive out there. However, a lot of people in business tend to, to, to lose track when they are focusing so much in the branding and the logo and the fanciest stuff, but they don't focus on the real deeper stuff that is um, basically what is going to help them to, to get results or to improve sales or increase the clients' database. And, you know, I can go on and on. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Direct response marketing is one of my favorite topics. But what I really want to talk to you about and what I really want to understand from you right now is a little bit about the Hispanic market itself and particularly in the United States because I really see that in the United States it's no longer an English country. It really is a bilingual country and the Hispanic influence there is so massive. It's huge. For people who, who lives in, in this country, they should be aware, especially like the American side, that we came and, and we are not going to leave because a lot of second, third generations were born here, are doing their lives here, even though we have relatives in our countries of origin, yeah, we are going to stay here. It's not like we are going to get less and less. On the contrary, we are going to, we are growing and growing. And Spanish language is, is 
one of our hardest button and it, it, it somehow is what the consumer wants it makes perfect sense if you want to reach the hispanic market to target us in our own language and it's not just me that i'm saying this like amazon recently launched a website in spanish for the u.s hispanic consumers because it makes sense that's what we want as i said hispanic market is growing we are about 57 millions of hispanics right now and our buying power is one it's about 1.5 trillion for me that that's a very attractive market and you know whatever you are selling whatever you are offering to the marketplace out there if you are not targeting the hispanic market in their own language and culture you are just leaving a lot of money on the table and and many people are like um, i don't know about this hispanic market or i don't think it's really good for me or it's maybe not that big but hey, 50, over 57 millions and growing plus, what, I mean, if you consider the 1.5 trillion in buying power, that's something that you really should consider in order to, to grow your business. Yes, absolutely. I think what also is very interesting is a lot of the Hispanic people, the Latinos and Latinas, they have a lot more money than I first originally thought. So like, for example, when I was at Tony Robbins' event at UPW a couple of months ago, and I paid $6,000 to attend this event, and I bought top-tier tickets, and I'm there with hundreds of people, and I look to my left and I look to my right, and these are people from Colombia, from Mexico, from Spanish-speaking countries, and they're doing extremely well for themselves. These are entrepreneurs who are really making a difference in the world. Totally. Don't subestimate our buying power. We do have money to spend, and we'll give it away to, to the people who, who treat us well, who, who target us in the right way. And yeah, it's not just the Latinos in USA, but also Mexico, Colombia, and all Latin American countries. I mean, there is a lot of money. And and not to brag, but just like in my hometown, Monterey, um, it's in the northeast of Mexico. Uh, there is an, another smaller town that is called San Pedro, San Pedro Garza Garcia is just next to, to Monterrey. That little town has the highest income per habitant in the whole country. So I'm very familiar with, with the people with money. And I, it's not that I'm saying that I have a lot of money, but I can see the potential of the market. And that's just in my hometown or, you know, an, another small town next to my hometown. Uh, but of course, as you said, there is a lot of people with very prosperous uh, business in Mexico, in Colombia, in Chile, in Argentina, in Bolivia, in even Venezuela, you know, Ecuador, there is a lot of money there. And there are people who is willing to spend it if, if you target us in the right way. Absolutely. So how does an entrepreneur know if their products or service is right for the Hispanic market? Well, I would say every product, every service, or at least, I don't know, maybe at least the 90% of the products or services are going to be a very good fit for the Hispanic market for the only reason that we are just human beings, just like Americans, Japanese, <laughs> Chinese people, you know? So we all have 
needs and desires and the majority of the products is going to be a good fit. Uh, the challenge, however, is just uh, packaging in the right way. For instance, um, if you are a professional dentist or doctor, you need to get Hispanic ready first in order to attract the and to target the Hispanic market. You need to have the translation of the material or the patient forms, at least having a bilingual employee at your practice so you can um, be consistent with the message and the service that you are providing. For people who sell informational products, for instance, um, or webinars and books and educational products, it, it makes total sense to translate that content. And if you are having or you're producing videos or webinars, you can just dubbing those materials and you can be ready to target a huge market, not only the 57 millions here within the United States, but Mexico and all the other Latin American countries and even Spain in Europe. In, and, and here is like a, a good difference or a clear example of how people could adapt their products. For instance, if you have a book or, or a, again, a, an educational program, you first of all need to translate it into Spanish. And if you want to reach Latin American countries, you do the voiceover or the dubbing with a voiceover talent that is from Latin America that has a perhaps a neutral accent for Latin American countries. But if you want to take that product also to Spain, you have already the translation done. But my, my advice would be to hire a voiceover talent native from Spain. So this person could record that content in, you know, with a Spanish language, with a Spanish accent, if it makes sense. <laughs> Makes sense to me because I speak Spanish. So when I try to speak to a Spaniard, actually, I have no idea what they're saying because everything is th, 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 gracias. <laughs> and it sounds like they have marbles in their mouth and I don't understand. And sorry for any of my Spanish <laughs> listeners that are listening to this. No, it's just, it's, it's a very unique accent and it's very, you know, very unique for, for that region of Spain in Europe. And it makes total sense to to adapt it and to tweak it a little bit, just it resonates and connects with the audience and the market in, in Spain. Absolutely. But so tell me, for the expats, for the Mexicans and Colombians and all the other expats that are living in the United States, the majority of them speak English. So you, for example, do you buy your goods and services or do you have an affinity to other uh people who have done this type of work, who have had things translated, do you prefer to buy in your own language? Well, the, I want to be very honest with you. Here, in terms of the language and the culture, there are like subgroups or sub-targets that you can take advantage of. There are the Hispanics who, believe it or not, don't speak Spanish at all. And of course, they rather, you know, consume content and do shopping and everything in their own language. And those are the 
nationalist, I guess that's the name, where they are very proud of the American culture and they barely recognize, I mean, of course they know that they are Hispanics or they have a Hispanic background, but they don't really use it much in terms of the language and things like that. There is another subgroup that are savvy blenders. I would consider myself in that category because we try to keep the best of both worlds. We preserve our, in my case, our Mexican traditions. We speak Spanish at home all the time. That's the rule. We speak Spanish at home, no matter what. And of course, when we have guests that speak only, only English or outside, of course, we, we speak English. And and we, are, we feel comfortable consuming content and doing shopping in both languages. However, if you want to really be appealing to us, it's better to target us in Spanish because it's the language that connects with our hearts. So even though there is this category of savvy blenders who are the majority, the majority of us bilingual, we connect much more, much more effectively when we listen to something in our native language. And there are also another category that are called the Latinistas. The Latinistas are the people who maybe been living here for 20, 30 years, but they don't really embrace the, the American culture. They don't even dominate the, the, the English language. So they like speak Spanish at home and even they go to the stores and they say, I don't speak English. So, you know, so they need to find someone who is Latino to help them. And of course, they consume and buy everything in, in Spanish. So back to your question, in terms of targeting the market, yes, in the Hispanic market in the USA, you can even take advantage of these subcategories. And bottom line, it makes sense to do it in Spanish because either they are bilingual or they are only speaking English or they speak both languages. The roots is something that connects immediately with us because even the people who don't speak who has Hispanic background, but they don't speak Spanish, their fathers or their grandfathers, you know, abuelito, abuelita, or tia, uncle, aunt, they most likely are going to be totally bilingual or they may even speak better Spanish than English. And that's another thing. Family is a very hot button for Hispanics. It's a, it's a high value. And whenever we are doing these purchases or we are going to invest in something, we tend to request advice and opinion with our family members. And, you know, so there is, that's another opportunity. How important it is to do it in Spanish? Because even though maybe your, your final consumer doesn't speak Spanish, their relatives or parents or grandparents do. And in order to convince them to consume that product or service, most likely you need to convince also their parents or grandparents, especially when it's about a, a big investment like a car or a house or a trip and, and things like that. Does it make sense? Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. So 
I picked up a word that you said, hot buttons. I think this is a really interesting topic. Can you tell us a couple more hot buttons that really speak to the Hispanic market? Absolutely. Well, as I said, I'm, I'm going to just repeat, like the button, hot button number one is the language. So Spanish is what it connects immediately with us. The second hot button is family, as I already said. A third button could be faith. Believe it or not, Hispanics, we are very faith-oriented for good or for bad. I don't want to get into the religion stuff, but just to give you an example of how faith plays a role with the Hispanic community is checking the values. For instance, for the Latino, family is first. For the Americans, is me first. For the Latino, is work hard. For the American is work smart. For the Latino, um, they respect there, there is a respect for authority, and Americans challenge the the authority. But also, like going back to the faith stuff, many times we tend to say whatever God wants. You know, Latinos are like, oh, whatever God wants, lo que Dios quiera, and. In the American side is the sky is the limit, you know? I also got, and this is another saying that I think it makes more harm than good, but it's like God loves the poor. And then for the American is God loves the rich too. So those are just little examples. Another one is like, I have faith in God. And for the American is I have faith in self and God. So the American is very practical oriented, which is great. And maybe one of the reasons uh, why this uh, country has, has been growing so much and has been able to offer such a great opportunities to, to the whole world. And on the other side, you know, there is there are other things that are not so good. But again, faith is another hot button. Another very important hot button is food and celebration. We are party people by nature. We <laughs> love these social gatherings. And I can definitely attest to that one for, I suppose, in Mexico <laughs> and in Central and South America for, oh my God, a year and a half. I will definitely attest to what you were saying on that one. We, we always look in excuses to get together. And, and of course, there is no reunion without food, right? And of course, we love Mexican food and salsa and tacos. And so food and, and celebration is, is another one. Uh, people, we are very people-oriented. We try to make connections with people. Americans are maybe more cold in that, in that area. And... Another one I would say is inclusion. We we like when companies make this inclusion effort to to reach out to us. So for instance, if we find a product with bilingual instructions, that's something that we really appreciate. Or if we see the commercial in TV in American networks, but then also we Look at the same commercial, of course, adapted and translated in the Latino network like Telemundo or Univision. We like it, you know, that they keep us on mind whenever they are doing your, their marketing efforts. So inclusion is another hot button. 
And I think this is so interesting, and I think this is why I love your consulting and your services so much, because it's not just translation. And this goes back to my point earlier. It's not just translation. The fact is that you understand sales and marketing and direct response copywriting, and that you're able to not just translate something. That is, anyone who speaks English and, sp and Spanish can just translate it. But that's not what you do. You're able actually to transform the message and make it to speak to directly these types of hot buttons. And I think it's so brilliant. Thank you, Miguel. Well, we, we try. And, and I'm a work in progress. I'm always learning and trying to test new strategies and new ways that could help my clients to target effectively the Hispanic market. So even though I, you know, that's what I am, a Latina, and I understand a lot of, a, a lot of uh, marketing and direct marketing, I'm constantly trying to, to learn new things and new strategies and to test, you know, marketing is testing, testing, testing. So I'm always trying to to come up with innovation and new ideas to bring some more value to, to my clients. And, you know, I'm a life learner. I mean, I love to go to these marketing conferences and reading the new the newest books on the topics and taking webinars and audiobooks because everything helps me mainly, but somehow I'm able to transfer this knowledge and these new experiences to my clients. Well, definitely I'm on the same page with you about that. Continual education and continual learning is the majority of my life. I'm a lifelong learner and I just, I'd rather read a book than do pretty much anything in the world. I just love it more than anything. And with you, as I mentioned at the beginning, we used to live in Florida and my husband and my kids enjoyed the water so much. Like we used to go to the beach all the time and to the and we're spending time in the swimming pool. And you know, whenever we go to, to these places, I mean I really enjoyed the beach just for a little bit. And then I I'd rather be outside reading my book. And and, and they somehow criticize me like, mommy, you're always with your books. You are not in the water having fun with us. <laughs> so I feel guilty sometimes because I should maybe spend more time into the water with, with you know, with my kids and my hobby. But I just can't help myself. By I just kind of addicted to be reading new books. And otherwise, I feel like I'm wasting my time. Well, I think that one of the main secrets to happiness, the main secrets to life is growth. I think that if you're growing, then you're living. And if you become stagnant, if you close yourself off, you're dying. Yeah, you're, you're, you're totally right. I mean, I second that. So I really want to know your predictions for the Hispanic market coming up in the next several years. Wow. That's a very interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> put you on the hot seat. Yeah, totally. Well, what, what can I say? I mean, I think that... Hispanic market, you know, it came to America and it came to stay for good. It's growing. We live in a in a global marketplace with the you know internet and all that. So it makes total sense. And this is for not only people who live in America, but for even people in other countries like. If you are Japanese and you are creating a, a, a program or a informational product in, in, in Japan and you're being very successful in Japan, uh, chances are that you are doing it by, in English as well because 
that's like a, a no-brainer. But you should consider also translating that into Spanish or targeting the Hispanic market. Again, not only in America, but in every Latin American country. That's basically my prediction. I mean, that is is, is growing and it's going to be a better and better market for everybody worldwide in terms of, you know, tapping into a new market to grow. So it's not a very <laughs> new prediction, I guess. But bottom line, I, I would say it makes total sense to, to consider in your strategy, the growth for your business, to consider translating and adapting for the Hispanic market. Because that's the future. I mean, that's it. We are not going to extinct. I love it. We will just take a quick break. So I want to remind you to go to expatmoneyshow.com to pick up your free special report called 19 International Strategies to Grow and Protect Your Wealth Abroad. We have had some really good feedback with this. It's actually a project I've been working on for probably about four years now and been offering it to my subscribers. And I am constantly updating it with the best and the newest resources for people wanting to go abroad. It is really amazing. I'm really happy with the work that we've done. And it's really different than a lot of the other projects out there or special reports or ebooks or anything like that. And this is one of the main differences. It is highly curated, it is highly condensed. It is not 400, 500 pages long and talking about every single thing out there and every single little detail. Actually, that doesn't serve anyone. Your best bet is always to go with the really, really condensed information so that you can connect the dots, so you can understand what's happening and how things fit together. And that's exactly what this special report does. So it's called 19 International Strategies to Grow and Protect Your Wealth Abroad. You can find it completely for free 100% free at expatmoneyshow.com. Okay, enjoy, and let's jump back into the interview. So Nidia, I want to talk to you a little bit about failure. I want to know a time that you can think of that you wanted to try something as an entrepreneur, you thought it would work, and you just absolutely messed it up. You absolutely screwed it up. And then what you learned from that experience. Oh my goodness, <laughs> where do I start? I feel <laughs> all the time. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm so glad that you, you are asking me this because I, I want to share just a brief story. Like many people, even friends who know me, and they are like, oh my God, Nidia, you're so lucky. And oh my God, you're so successful. And you are my idol. And I'm like, if you knew where all I've been through, you know, that's that's the thing that people tend to to see just like the icy on the cake, you know, and, and, and the sherry on the cake. But they don't know all the trouble and all the work that you've been through to get that final result or that kind of success, because success is very relative, if you will. And the thing is, um, I, I, I'm trying all the time. And I fail a lot in order to have some kind of successful results. So going back to your questions, like what fail could I share? My goodness. Again, I, I don't have like a particular story of something. But let me tell you that I, I'm just trying new things all the time. And I fail a lot, but it's just to just keep trying and, and trying to do things in a smarter way. And very important, capitalize those 
mistakes, if you will, capitalize those failures because that's how it's going to take you to, to improve and to become better as a person and in your business and everything. Something that I would like to maybe share is that I have this or I used to have this shiny object syndrome. You know, and maybe this is very common in the entrepreneurial community. I was always chasing that new object, new shiny object, because that is going to take my business to the next level. And then as soon as I was starting to get to know that situation or that information, another pop off, of course. And of course, I was seducted by and I was now, you know, leaving that stuff undone and going and chase that new shiny object. And again, I guess with the experience and, and all these failures, I got to the conclusion that said, Nidia, let's get focused. Please keep in mind that you need to take things slowly because I'm in a hurry. I'm very impatient. And that's in my nature. And maybe in the nature of a lot of entrepreneurs, we like things done quickly and fast, but over time I've been learning that it's important to do deeper work than wider work. So once you focus on something, uh, it's very important to, to, to be, first of all, to be crystal clear on what you want to accomplish and then focusing on that. Otherwise, you're going to have a lot of failures because you want to do everything and you ended up doing nothing. Believe me, I've been there. So basically, what I can share about, you know, about all these failures is that it's better to focus in something and try to do it well than trying to do a lot of things and doing so-so. So really taking one step back, looking at the whole picture finding that one, maybe two things that is really going to move the needle, really move your business and your career and your, your entrepreneurial journey forwards, and then doubling down on that, focusing on that one thing and really going all in. Totally, totally. And uh, let me let me show you a quick example. For instance, in my Spanish voiceover business, you know, when I started, I wanted to do everything and I just wanted to say, oh, yeah, I do this and I do that. Of course, you know, I, I master my language so I can, and I have the equipment and, and everything so I can do it and, and, and the training. You know, after doing so many auditions for so many different genres, you know, I was just burning myself out. I was auditioning for every single project that was getting into my inbox. And I realized that I was not good enough for all those genres that was better because, you know, I started to, as you said, to go a step backward and realize that I was like the majority of my bookings for voiceovers were in three or four genres. In this case was like IVRs or telephone systems and medical narration somehow and medical stuff somehow was something that I was constantly booking. So I said, okay, Nidia, you are good in this field, in this industry. So let's focus on that and let's audition for those kind of projects. And I started to increase my percentage in bookings because I was focusing on what I was doing, because I was focusing my energy 
on auditioning for things where I was really good at. Another genre, for instance, is e-learning projects. I don't know, maybe because I'm a life learner, I really enjoyed doing e-learning projects. So I started to audition more for e-learning projects and I started to book more e-learning projects. There are, in voiceover, are so many different industries like audiobooks. My spam of attention is, is very short. I have this ADD issue and I'm not good at audiobooks. So I'm not gonna be auditioning for audiobooks. I'm not good at movie trailers, so why should I waste my time auditioning for something that most likely I'm not going to book? And I could, you know, I could go on and on. So bottom line, focus on what you are really good at it. Try to dominate that field, that industry, that genre, and then you can consider moving to another industry or another field. Yeah, because people pay for experts. They pay for authorities. They pay for specialists. People don't pay for general practitioners. That's employees. If you want to really make big money, you really need to become the expert in your field on that one, two things and really, really go as in-depth and understand that fully, fully, fully. Totally, just like one of our teachers says, right? Like riches and niches. You can really become rich in a niche. Is is you know a specialist? Specialists are able to charge way more than generalists. So focus on something, dominate it, be great at it, and you'll be amazed how you can grow your business by by keeping this this particular specialty in mind. So the expats who are living in the United States from the Latin American countries, are they well-educated? Are they going to university? Are they opening businesses? What is their place in the community? I'm so glad that you asked that because you'll be amazed, Miguel, of how big is the entrepreneurial Hispanic community here in the United States. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but... You know, and the entrepreneurial community is growing and growing. But a big, big percentage of those new entrepreneurs are from Hispanic background. So the Latino entrepreneur is growing a lot. Also, in terms of the education, again, you'll be amazed of how smart and well-prepared people from Latin American countries that live in in your United States, you know, are doing great things. So there are a lot of um, PhD degrees, you know, like people from other countries that either they t- took their masters in Latin America and then came to USA to to take more studies or to to a lot of people who finished college or university in Latin American countries and then moved to USA to continue their education. So a lot of well educated and brilliant and intelligent people with Hispanic background are living here in the United States. So don't underestimate the talent and the, the education of the, the Latinos because there are a lot of well-educated people as well. Unfortunately, we as humans tend to stereotype Latinos a lot, I would say. And not only Latinos, but maybe people from all um, different cultural backgrounds. But uh, there are a lot of, again, there's a lot of people well-educated with a six figures income and with a lot of intention and will to start up new businesses and, and, and to grow in all areas 
personal, educational, and of course, financial. Well, that brings up an interesting point because for some reason, and I don't know whose fault or where this started, but in a lot of movies and television programs, the impression that you get is that Mexicans and Hispanic people are poor or they don't have a lot of money. And it's just not the case. Like, I've traveled extensively, and there are some very affluent families out there and affluent people out there. And I really want to help to dispel this notion because it's just fictional. I just don't, I don't understand it. Yeah, that's so sad. And I guess we need to keep into consideration something. That perception is for, you know, I used to get mad when people were like, oh, and do you wear hat? You know, like, where are you from? And I'm from Mexico. And well, first of all, like, like the majority of people, when I say so, like, no way, you don't look like Mexican, you don't speak like Mexican, whatever. But regardless of that, it's like, oh, and do you have horses? And do you, those people ride those horses all the time? <laughs> yeah. And oh, do you guys wear these big hats? And, you know, I used to, to get offended for, for that type of comments. But then I came to the conclusion and like, after all, uh, I you know, as you mature with life and experience, I started to feel sorry for those kind, I mean, for, for those peoples, because I understood that it's like, first of all, they are ignorant. They have never traveled, I don't know, maybe more than 1,000 miles outside of their states, wherever they live. Like, they don't even travel here in their own country, and not, not to mention to go to, to different countries. So it's a lot of ignorant people that they don't know about the culture and the economy in other countries. And definitely, has, has, well, you know, because you travel a lot, uh, I, I love traveling too. And, and, and you can tell that the economy of the countries is not just what you see or listen in the news. You really need to go there and experience the richness and the resources that all these beautiful countries have. And it's very different to what the news have uh, tried to maybe influence us with, you know? So definitely there is a lot of resources, a lot of money in many Latin, and I would say in all Latin American countries. And there is a lot of people who has been smart enough and who has been willing to work hard enough to, to take advantage of, of those resources in their own countries and doing great things there without even you know, without even to have to leave their countries to be prosperous and to bring joy and abundance to, to their lives. Absolutely. And you mentioned ignorance, and I feel sorry for them as well, because not only are people making a mistake here, but they're also leaving huge amounts of money on the table. By not taking this culture and this group of people seriously, you're really stunting your business. And I really see that the Hispanic market is really coming into its own. There's a lot of money to be had, and these people deserve respect. Totally. Above all, like regardless of your background, is we're all human beings and you know, as someone says, all men were created equal. Unfortunately, with this, and again, I don't want to get into politics or anything, but recently, you know, with our current president and all that, I'm not going to mention names, but I would say that we've been going a little bit backwards in terms of the respect 
of the human being, regardless of their knowledge and background and heritage and cultural values and all that. And hopefully millennials and, you know, the new newer generations are going to be aware or are being aware of, of this situation and are being aware of this and they are not buying this BS stuff that lately the, the TVs and the newspapers are trying to, to sell us. And also, we, we are just, I mean, I truly believe that we are all connected globally, that we are all one. And whatever good or bad you do to your neighbor, to your friend, or even to another people on the other side of the world, somehow is going to come to you. So hopefully, you know, we are creating this awareness and people is realizing that we are all humans and we are here to, to help each other and to grow as as a community, as, as you know, as a whole planet. And I guess being conscious and being respectful about other traditions and cultural backgrounds and even living conditions uh, is, is, is something that we as human beings need to learn in order to, to take this, this whole life experience to, to a better level. I mean, enough of lies, enough of killing to each other and having these stupid wars. There is a huge business behind the wars. Unfortunately, many people don't get it yet. Hopefully they will. But the arms business is, and I'm getting into you know, maybe trouble here. But I mean, the you know, the war business, the oil, there is so much manipulation around and it makes me it makes me get sad sometimes because it's amazing how how harmful we all are being to ourselves and to the planet with all these cows and these negative situations. But again, going to the taking a more positive approach, hopefully new generations are, are being aware of this and they are not buying all the BS that is being out there and they are trying to convince us to buy. Well, that's why I really love the expat community, because my people, they all understand these types of concepts that we're speaking about here. Totally. I, I, you know, I really enjoy meeting people like you, Mikael. And I mean, it's, it's not because I'm talking to you, but I, I, I feel very attracted to, to people who has been exposed to international experiences, maybe because that's my case as well. But because normally people who have traveled around the world, they are much more open-minded they are much more, I would say, they have my more novel feelings and how to relate with other people. They are more like laid back and tend to have fun and enjoy life and laugh about themselves. And uh, that's, that, that's, I guess, the bottom line, we are all here to learn and enjoy life and be happy and to live a legacy. And, and that's why I, you know, whenever I meet someone who has a, uh, who has been living in another country or, or have an international background, I just feel like I want to connect with this with these persons because I, I think they, they have a lot of interesting stories to share and interesting and exciting 
experiences to share. And that's what's so amazing about this podcast and the community that we've all been able to create here. Like this show has been downloaded in more than 100 countries around the world. And I feel really blessed that I've been able to get so many interesting people from so many different countries on to speak about entrepreneurship and about what their experiences are and their challenges while living overseas or while traveling and building their businesses abroad. Oh, yeah, it's, it's fascinating to, to learn about these stories of successful entrepreneurs who they are really doing it well and in in other countries. And they are, you know, taking the good and the love and the international experience in a more global way. So regardless, and this is kind of a lesson that somehow all of us are doing is kind of sharing a lesson to the world that no matter your path, your path life or wherever you are coming from, you can be successful even in another country. And even if you have challenges like another language, you just get out of your comfort zone and if there is a language that you need to learn, well, you, you go ahead and study and learn that language and you adapt to that new culture and take and, and somehow leverage the, all these new experiences and take advantage of it in order to be successful in your business. So for all your audience out there, guys, I really, really admire you and encourage you to keep going for those dreams and for those projects that you're working on it. There is a market for every service or for every product. It's just a matter of, of course, uh, you know, getting to know your audience and giving some value or exceeding the expectation, giving great value. And, and you could be, there is, there is no way how you cannot be prosperous if you are truly committed, you know, to, to provide value to your clients and above all, to understand them, to get to know their cultural background, their hot buttons. And well, I could go on and on. So Nidia, Say that we're going on vacation, your family, my family. We go back to Monterey. We're out at the pub. It's me and your husband and you, and we're sitting around and we're having a couple of micheladas. And I lean in and I'm like, Nidia, Nidia, I want to know the secret to success, the secret to success for getting your business ready for the Hispanic market, the secret to success for marketing to the Hispanics. What is that secret? Action. Take action. <laughs> I would say, yeah, like... Because you could have the best strategy, the best knowledge, you know, in, in the top of your head. But if you don't take action, you, you are not going to accomplish anything. So take action of whatever you are thinking about doing, take action. And also one, an additional piece of advice is trust your gut. Um, try to keep always your center. Trust your gut. Listen to your Listen to your inner voice or whatever you think that is possible, trust me, is possible. You just need to trust in your God. Of course, do the homework, do the work, and, and take action. Excellent. I love it. So, Nidia, if my listeners, they want to get a hold of you, if they are interested in getting their businesses ready for the Hispanic market, where can they find you? Well, there are actually two things that they could do. Number one, go to my website 
hispanicmarketstrategies.com and request the Hispanic guide I recently wrote that is full of tips and tricks on how to effectively target the Hispanic market. The second one is to email me directly to nidiamonares at nidiamonares.com. Please check the spelling of my name in the website and request the Hispanic assessment. That one comes with a 20 minutes one-on-one consultation with me, totally free of charge for your audience. Perfect. Thank you so much, Nidia, for your time. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful day. Thank you, Mikel. Have a great day, too. Hey, everyone. Mikel here. I want to get some feedback from you, the listener. We are looking at ways that we can take the podcast in new directions, new guests that we want to have on the show, new ideas we want to share with you. So we have a lot of threads going for this at Expat Money Forum, our private Facebook group. If you go to expatmoneyforum.com, you can join the conversation. I want to hear feedback from you guys. What topics have we not covered that you want to hear more of? Do you want to hear more stories from successful expats who have moved offshore? Do you want to hear more business-related stuff, more finance-related stuff? Are you more interested in immigration and visas and passports? Is it the investments or real estate? I want to know what you are interested in. This show is not about me. It is about you guys. It is about all of my amazing listeners and trying to help inspire you and get you the best up-to-date knowledge every single Wednesday when I publish this show. So join the conversation at Expat Money Forum. Let me know what you think, what you want to hear more about, how I can best serve you. It's really important to me to make this show the absolute best in our space. And I think we're off to a really good start. Podcast has been going for over four years now, which is just hard to believe. I, it seems like just yesterday I started it, and the feedback has been amazing. But there's always room to improve. There's always things we can do better. So share your knowledge, share your expertise, share what you want to hear, share your wants, your desires, your needs, your goals, everything with us at Expat Money Forum. I really appreciate it. This episode may be over, but your journey to greatness continues by visiting our webpage and signing up for our newsletter. For convenient access to new episodes, show notes, and other crucial resources, visit expatmoneyshow.com. We look forward to you joining us on the next episode of the Expat Money Show. Safe travels. I have managed to secure exclusive rights to a block of villas in one of the hottest up-and-coming regions in my current home country, Panama. Join me Saturday, May 4th at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern Time for our special presentation called Investors Workshop, capitalizing on the globally recognized resort brand coming to Panama. We will discuss how the tourism landscape in this region will change rapidly upon the public announcement of this project and how I have secured the rights for my clients to capitalize on this opportunity before anyone else. Thanks to my connections in the region, I have negotiated pricing that front runs everyone else. Think early, early bird pricing. From gourmet restaurants to vibrant clubs, poolside activities, and even live bands, this resort is going to pump some serious life into the region.
But this isn't what excites me or what should excite you either. The exciting part is that these world-class amenities and top brand will attract tens of thousands of tourists. Tourists who will fork over top dollar to stay at our investment properties. Register free at expatmoney.com forward slash webinars. That's expatmoney.com forward slash webinars to register for this free real estate workshop. See you on May 4th at 10 a.m. Central Time. That's 11 a.m. Eastern time, go to expatmoney.com forward slash webinar.